Uh, so we had somewhere between 50 and 100 million, but uh, that's not sufficient in a long, you know, a minimum you need 500 million to a billion to make it a long-term business, sustainable business. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Robert Corwin. He's got a wide array of data science experience in many industries. Today, he's the co-founder of Austin Artificial Intelligence, a data science, machine learning, and AI joint venture service client, which services clients in the technology, financial, and industrial sectors. Before this, he was co-founder of EVA Capital, a quant hedge fund, which traded long, short factor strategies in U.S. equities. All right, Rob, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir. Thank All you right, man. How'd you get out of the, you know, the hedge fund space just sounds so cool and fun. Now you're sort of more in traditional SaaS, huh? But what, what made you walk away from the hedge fund world? Uh, well, to be perfectly honest, uh, I started my own hedge fund and it, we didn't raise enough capital to make it work. So that's, <laughs> I could spin it, but that's the honest answer. Uh, but, you know, what I realized at the time was <laughs> that uh, um, the same type of work I have been doing in, in quant finance for so long is now very prevalent outside the finance industry, right? So uh, I would say finance and defense have been doing this kind of work for 20, 30 years. They're just kind of ahead of the game, those two industries. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the world is now finally catching on to data science, to quantitative analysis. And it's not to say they didn't do it before, but they're taking it a lot more seriously now. Uh, I think the younger generation is also taking it a lot more seriously. So I think there's a huge opportunity here. You know, I think we're at the inflection point of this type of work. Uh, computer power is definitely no longer a, a, a bottleneck, right? I mean, it, in Amazon Web Services, you can open a computer that with a click of a button that 20 years ago <laughs> would have cost you a lot of money. So yeah, what uh, just there's people listening that are maybe thinking about opening their own hedge funds, right? What do you mean when you say you didn't raise enough money? How, how much do you have to raise to have a hedge fund? Uh, so we had somewhere between 50 and 100 million, but uh, that's not sufficient in a long, you know, a minimum you need 500 million to a billion to make it a long term business, sustainable business. And so that's hard, you know, for every, it's kind of like the music industry or, or tech startups, right? For every huge success you hear of, there are many that don't make it for various reasons. And um, it was also easier 15 years ago, right? Anyone with a Bloomberg yeah. terminal could start a hedge fund 15 years ago, but things, uh, it's, it's a competitive place. It's a brutally competitive place and markets are tougher, right? They're also no longer going straight up right now. So um yeah, I say go for when it. You, when you say yeah, but, when you say five hundred million plus, what you mean really is like for you to have the peace of mind to play a long term game and make it through the dips and then celebrate the, the you know the the peaks. You've got to have that much capital behind you. I mean that you need that much to pay your own bills. So you know that's not your money; that's a client's money. They're yep. giving you five hundred million to manage. From that, you will take a negotiated fee, right? What did but, you take? Like one or two percent. Uh, I won't disclose that, but it was typical hedge fund fees, you know, typical hedge okay. fund. And yeah, oh, you, so you what you're arguing is that the fee on 100 million is not big enough for you to cover just basic hedge fund expenses. You really need like 2% on 500 million to have enough admin, you know, expense. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you can do the math. What a mil- percent of 100 million is a million bucks. And so, but you're paying for a lot of uh, databases and computers and uh, employees, right? It's are expensive in that industry. So, 
Um, yeah, if you need a substantial amount of AUM, assets under management. To yeah. Make it worth it. All right. So enter Austin AI. So what's Austin AI do? Yeah. So uh, Austin AI is a data science uh, AI and ML services firm. And we have a real focus on practicality and getting real business results for our customers. So uh, as you know, there's no plethora of, of uh, AI frameworks and products, right, that purport to do X or Y. And I have nothing against those things. But oftentimes, right, these things are sold as panaceas where you just install this in your company, hit a button, and then it comes up with all these wonderful predictions, right? Uh, that's rarely the case, right? Because at the end of the day, the devil's really in the details of this stuff. Um, there's no substitute for good experimental design. There's no substitute for uh, good data engineering and good pipelines and good coding and all this kind of stuff. Um, a lot of companies we've talked to have installed these, spent you know seven figures or multiple seven figures on these frameworks, and they do unify things and they add a layer of abstraction, you know, so the whole company is kind of centralized. But they don't solve your data science problems at the end of the day by themselves, right? You still need data scientists. You still need very smart people uh, running your analyses, and this this is where we step in, we fill that gap. Um, I like to say that we come in with a SWAT team, a very a data science pod, if you will, right? Uh, of a mix of seniorities of people. And we're very empathetic to your business. What are your business goals? Where are you gonna save time? Where are you gonna save money? How can we help you do that? And we come in on a very efficient manner and just solve problems. We're, we're problem what does that mean when you say efficient? So if I'm going to get a data science pod from Austin AI, that's maybe four or five people strong. What am I going to yep. pay you per month for that on average? Um, so contact me for the exact pricing, but let me put it this way. I, I would, we, what we tell clients is think of your data science problem. Think of how many data scientists you're going to need to go hire to do that. Go look up the market rate. Okay. Now add taxes and now add benefits and you'll get, you'll come to a number, right? I can almost guarantee you that we will be significantly below that number. Uh, significantly below that number and faster in the way in which we operate. Um, and that's due to our operational efficiency. And it's also due to uh, the structure of the pod, right? May have one very senior person on it working only part-time, but they may be managing. Well, what, is the, what is the structure? Like if you had to name, like, name the titles of the people and maybe like the last pod you deployed. Sure. So a, a typical pod would be a senior data scientist uh, working probably half-time managing a mid-level data scientist and or engineer full-time, uh, and then also two to three junior resources who are you know, a mix of engineers and data scientists, both in the US and abroad. Um, we find that formula to be very effective and um, uh, provided- full-time, the two to three juniors? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, provided you have the right people, that, that the secret to all this is making sure you have the right people to make this work, right? The, yeah. the team cannot have any bad players. The last week, as you guys know, has been absolutely crazy. Now, over the years, having met so many SaaS founders, I've often wondered how the fastest growing SaaS companies start systematizing their business, real systems, so they don't have to hire more expensive full-time employees and can do more with less. You know, have a relatively low employee count yet maintain high productivity across those teams. Well, just this week, I found out about a company with a 3.5 billion valuation that everyone's been raving about. Chargebee has managed to implement their software and deliver value faster, accelerating their customers' growth without having to scale their implementation team. They're using a very unique tool you probably haven't heard of called Rocket Lane. They use it to codify playbooks for their work, like how to onboard different kinds of customers, keep customers accountable with collaborative project plans, no customer sentiment in real time, manage 
automated reminders, alerts, and escalations, share documents, meeting notes, communicate with their customers, all within this one beautiful custom branded portable. It lends immense credibility and trust in the minds of their customers. Internally, they also increase their throughput on their teams as Rocket Lane eliminates a lot of their busy work through integrations and automations, like creating the implementation project when a deal closes, for example, and then following up with an internal and customer team after that, automating status updates and enabling the right dashboards and reports for their leadership. Now, they listened to the show, they reached out. They said, Nathan, folks will love it. I said, well, okay, I think you're right, but give me a great deal. And they did. You guys can try the tool for free at nathanlacka.com forward slash rocket lane. Again, that's R-O-C-K-E-T-L-A-N-E, Rocket Lane. Check it out today. Try it for free. So, so how many how many folks are full-time at Austin AI today? Uh, yeah, so in the US, we have five, I would say, full-time people dedicated to the effort. Um, abroad, we have about the same. And then we also have, uh, we actually took an investment from a big consulting firm in California. And they have opened up their resources to us. So we frequently use their resources and or, you know, for example, legal or things like like payroll, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that has helped a, a lot in a lot of ways. But anyway, all that is to say the number of people who are involved in this thing is is more like 20. Yeah. Right. But but there's really a core of five in the US and then kind of, you know, associated support staff. So yeah, I mean so. So is, it, is this really like a service model where you've got these folks abroad and you have to sort of spin them up or down based off what your client volume looks like? We like to think of it as a package services model. So somewhere between pure services and, and products, right? So we don't like to just say services because that invokes ideas of, you know, here's a guy hourly uh, or here's a fee to place you this person here. We also do that, by the way. So if anybody out there needs <laughs> just staff augmentation, we can do that. But Really, our bread and butter is coming in and saying, with that pod, right, we have a packaged service that's been successful on a repeated basis. We have business processes in place. We actually have core code in a library that we will license to you as part of all this too. So we can just be really efficient when we come in with this pod. And it's more than just services because we're really trying to solve your problem, right? We're trying to get to know the business. We have industry experts. If we don't have industry experts, we speak to them. So it's very empathetic to the business side of things. How would I use you though, right? So like we just we just raised 145 million bucks, right? Which part was equity, but 135 million is effectively a debt fund. That, so we are lending off balance sheet. And so we've built our own credit scoring algorithm specific to B2B SaaS companies, right? I mean, I would be... I, what you're describing sounds fantastic, but the second you said like license me code, well, that's such a core part to what we do. That is IP that we would want to own like 100%. How do you get around that? Yeah, so the IP discussion with every client is different. When I say license you code, by the way, I meant give you a perpetual license for, for free for mm-hmm. simple like utility functions. I don't mean... Oh, okay, you know, okay. Uh, um, every IP discussion is different. Uh, the things that you need to be uh, work for hire, right, which as you know, is the term for you keeping the IP, fine, but we'll let, we'll let that be. And then we would ask in return that you give us the opportunity to work with, you know, like other clients in the same, maybe not the same industry, but maybe you know, other, other clients, right? We can't be prevented from never working with clients again, but all that is to say the IP discussions are almost always, you know, workable, right? So, yeah. What about like, I mean, look, going from hedge fund world to year now, I think like, obviously what you're doing now is fine. You're learning a ton. You're getting exposure to a lot of clients and a lot of problems, but like, 
I mean, the most successful software founders that I've interviewed, I'm talking the ones doing, you know, going from zero to whatever, you know, 100 million, 200 million in revenue fairly rapidly. They almost all start off as an agency, just like you're doing. And they get unique insights into multiple customers. And then they start seeing the same thing pop up and they go, we should build a SaaS tool for that. If I'm a betting man, like I predict that's where you'll be in five years, but tell me I'm wrong. Uh, so you are completely right. That is a, that is an age-old formula, right? That's been done since <laughs> the you know the people who advise me say that that's been done for for many many years. Um, right now, we're focused on being a services firm with some product ideas in our back pocket, right? I don't mind being a services firm, Nathan. Right now, um, I'm we're really comfortable. We're profitable. We're helping people. We're having fun. Uh, every VC I talk to will say, "What's your product idea?" And I say. I have some, but I'm going to tell you in a few years because yeah. uh, I just, it's, it's good. Business is growing as it is. We're growing like a startup, a SaaS startup anyway, for the time being. Uh, I'm not naive enough to think that that will continue. I know that there's limits to scaling the services business, but. How many can you work with right now? How many customers actively? Uh, seven, yeah. And is that your limit you think right now? Um, we're fortunate to have this partnership with our investor uh, as well as a really good hiring pipeline. So I think we could scale up very quickly for new customers. Yeah. yeah. How did you convince? I mean, I don't know. It's you're, you're, uh, you. You specifically have gone around sort of mentioning the names. So I'm assuming it's private information. But how did you convince an investor to write a check into this thing, which is doesn't have the margins of a SaaS company, and you know doesn't look like it's, it's an agency? Really, you rarely hear about like sort of VC deals into an agency. This was all about relationships. So I happened to know a VC uh, here in town pretty well, and they knew this other company. They have, they have invested in this company. It's, it's called the Silicon Partners. We can put that out. Okay. There. Um, and they, uh, they're about a four to 500 person consultant firm also growing super big. Uh, they wanted data science. They didn't have it. Um, I, I met the founder a bunch of times. We really get along all really good people also, which sounds, I don't want to sound naive from a business perspective, but it really makes a difference if you can find people you like to work with in my experience. And so it's just one big family. And so it's been really just, uh, you know, it's, it's been good luck in a lot of sense that we yeah. you know, stumbled into this. And, and what year did you do the deal with them? Uh, that was just last year, 2021. Oh, 2021. Okay. And um, are you able to share how much you raised from them? Um, so I won't share the exact details, but I will share that it's a, think of it more like an angel deal as opposed to series A. Um, okay. It was a smallish amount for, you know, a small to a small percent of the equity. But yeah. again, we, we didn't actually need to do it, right? It really wasn't about the money. It was about the relationships. Um, they we also serve as the data science unit of this company, and so they feed us business. We share business. Uh, yeah, how many them. of the seven customers you're working with today came from them? Uh, about two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There, there's good. That's a good yeah. reason to bring it on Angel. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it was a very I mean, strategic, I very strategic partnership, right? Strategic. Yeah. yeah, I have to say this because today, I mean, you see Angel rounds, and they can just be. I mean, used to it used to be. It's always you know. 100K to 500K, you're selling 15 to 20% of your business. And sometimes you see today, it's like this just silly angel deals. But I imagine you sort of did something standard. Under a million, you're selling 10 to 20% of the business and it's a great partner. Something like that. Yeah, that's right. Fair enough. Very cool. Okay, so any plans to raise it? Huh? Congrats on your own raise, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, that was a different. I mean, we 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 uh, we lend money, right? So we 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 had a choice to make: either we become a marketplace, or we pass founders off to other people with money to do the loan. But then that makes getting cash hard. It just takes longer. We 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 need our own money to get it out quicker. So we just said we got to go get this done. Gotcha. Um, is that, that that is a is like a revolving instrument or something? It's like a line yeah. No, 
the way it works is um it's it's a hundred it's a hundred and thirty five million dollar facility which sits in a bankruptcy remote SPV which Founderpath sells B two B SaaS loans into we fund out of there we put up ten percent of participation capital ourselves. Okay. Uh, and we go it out. So, so we did that because it was a big bank that came in for Bright Bank, and it drove our cost capital down significantly, which means we could pass the savings off to B two B SaaS founders. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah, but but it's fun. I mean, we're spending a lot of time now thinking about how do we get our underwriting algorithms working and humming faster and better. Uh, we we have done one of our clients. That's the project we have done it for. So, if you want to talk after, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, we should definitely we should definitely talk. That would be great. Yeah, is it also yeah. in SaaS lending, or was it like e-commerce lending or something? Uh, this is actually uh, so it's construction lending. Oh, there you go. Okay, but but I bet it looks you know very similar. I mean, I see a, I've interviewed a couple of companies like Build That's come on that basically. Yeah. That's not who you worked with, was it? Uh, I won't say exactly who it was, but it was it was yeah it was in that exact. <laughs> yes. Oh, so you know you know Build though. Yeah, I know. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he came on the show and I'm going, your numbers are what? That's insane. I mean, he was like selling software like as a marketplace model. I'm like, bro, your business in five years is going to be a billion dollar lending product where you're making 10 points of spread. Yeah. Yeah. They've been they've been one of the more successful players, I think, to my knowledge, in that that uh, industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with that. Um, very cool. Okay. So I was gonna ask you about product ideas, but you're keeping those close to the vest. So I'll stay away from that. Let me ask you a different question. Um of the current SaaS players sort of playing in your world and your space, who do you think is doing sort of the best job? Who, who are you most interested in? Um, I, I haven't really looked at the SaaS competitors, uh, SaaS people as competitors in our place because a, a lot of times we come into clients and they have these SaaS, you know, again, frameworks or whatever you want to call it, and we augment them, right? So mm-hmm. um, I don't know that there's... The, probably the, at the moment, the best direct competitors to us are things like a Kung Fu AI here in town and, yeah. you know, take, take a lot of other similar consulting firms of similar ilk, right? Uh, and of course, well, we also run into the big, you know, the big consulting firms like Accenture and Oliver Wyman have these units, right? We're just trying to kind of outrun them. So um, see what happens. Cool. And hey, <laughs> running in what, what, what year did you launch the business? Uh, officially 2021. Yeah. 2021. And, and if people listening right now are going, man, I need these sorts of services, you sort of probably have a minimum. So just like, let's, let's, let's get your focus or get the filtering right in here. You know, you mentioned earlier, take a four person, you know, if you're going to hire them full time, my answer to that question for a five person pod with really good ML AI data science would be like, you know, 150 to 250 grand a pop. So that's like a million dollar deal. Are you basically saying, Hey guys, if you don't have a million dollars to spend on this stuff, don't, don't call me. Uh, no, we have deals smaller than that. I would say in the long run, it's probably going to make sense to do deals closer to that than smaller, but please call us. We do all kinds of things, you know, as long as it's not like I need 10 hours to do this Excel spreadsheet or go, go make me a random force model and spend 20 hours on it. Like we can't do that kind of work, but if it's a legitimate project spanning, I would say at least three months plus, and you need say two resources on that, I, that's completely, we have those deals too. So, And they've got you know, 50 to 200 K worth of capital to put against the project, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. You need to think of it at least like, you know, at least comparable to hiring an employee. Right. So if you were to hire an employee, you'd spend that much. Right. And so um, yeah. realistically, we're going to come in below that, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to be 30 grand, you know, it's, it's gotta be some number that makes sense. <laughs> Fair enough. Robert, good stuff here. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, your favorite, let's do your favorite sort of data science, machine learning AI book. Uh, right now I'm reading super intelligence, uh, by Nick Bostrom. So that's, that's been pretty cool. Uh, that's, that's, uh, philosophy, philosophy as well. But, um, 
I'm increasingly kind of reading less technical stuff and more philosophical stuff, but um, yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, let's see. Um, think about that. I mean, all the, I, I hate to give a generic answer, like all the <clears throat> famous ones. Um, let's see, who do I like quite a lot? Yeah, maybe um, someone doing a really good work in AI machine learning space. Yeah. Um, gosh, I hate to blank on this answer. <laughs> no, you're good. We can skip it. We can skip it. No worries. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Austin AI? Uh, online tool. Um, I would, I would say the, the, you know, grand collection of tools that are in AWS are pretty amazing. And that's a very generic answer again, but you know, there's just so much there that, I mean, there's just so many little services and we're using so many of them and it's so amazing compared to 10 years ago, you know, everything's changed deployment strategies. Uh, to some extent, ML workflows, although we do a lot of that ourselves, um, scaling up and down for performance, things like that. So, Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I try to get seven. So. Okay, that's good. And situation, married, single kids? Married, uh, two children here in Austin. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, sixth grade and fourth grade. Just yes, as of today, sixth grade and fourth grade. So. That's amazing. I was, just, I was looking at the pictures behind you. I'm going, he's got kiddos. Um, yeah. and, uh, and Robert, how old are you? I'm 46. 46. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, something I wish I knew when I was 20. Gosh, so probably, um, <laughs> okay, so off the top of my head, I actually, uh, I do a lot of water sports. So I, I wing foil and I windsurf. And so I wish I had started this a little bit earlier, uh, just because I do. And um, the other thing I guess I would say from more of a career perspective, maybe, um, yeah, may, maybe become an entrepreneur a little bit sooner. I kind of, to make a long story short, I kind of went silent for a long time. And I think that in retrospect, I could have recognized that earlier and be like, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's snap out of this and go do something drastic. And I think I would have been fine. Right? I think I was a little bit scared to do it before. And I think I would have been fine. Guys, AustinAI.io, he started uh, cutting his teeth in the world by raising a, you know, call it $50, $100 million hedge fund and said, you know what, man, got to be much bigger than this to really survive this in terms of just the admin cost of actually just running a hedge fund. But he said, you know what, let me take this talent and launch a tool that can help brands, right? Maybe in the lending space, um, go from A to B easier, data engineering, process automation, predictive models, explanatory models, et cetera. That's now what he's doing, working with about seven customers, raised a small amount of equity from a great strategic partner out on the West Coast. He's now scaling nicely with his team of five here in Austin, Texas. Rob, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.